Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to season four of the Pre-Vet Pausecast, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino, and this episode features a repeat applicant who's gone through the file review process and wants to make decisions for their next cycle. You'll notice that all names have been removed to protect confidentiality. I want to thank the students' willingness to record this session to help listeners think about how to make adjustments for future application cycles. Um, I've got a few questions. Um, I wanted to ask you what my next step should be when I'm applying um, this upcoming cycle. Um, based on what my grades are like for um, this semester since I'm graduating, um, but also um, I, I was accepted into the master's program for veterinary forensics, um, which I'm pretty interested in, but I know since like our conversation um, when I did my packet review, it wasn't really in you know the best interest for me to, to go forward and do that based on my GPAs um, for Florida. Um, I... I want to say that like right now I have still three exams to take for biochem and physics too. I'm at like B minuses for both, um, which isn't stellar. I'm not proud of them, um, but I have been working full time, like 36 hours a week. Um, and I have tried talking with my manager and she's, I, I don't know if she's kind of forgetting about me, but, um, or, because we're kind of short staffed and we don't have people that are as experienced. Um, I, I'm still working 36 hours a week. Um, so it's, it's been kind of hard to keep those grades up and also two very hard classes. Um, I just didn't know whether you would um, recommend me taking like medical terminology or some, some other class like over the summer to help like maybe boost up my GPA if my grades are sitting at that B range. I definitely think I can get physics up to like B plus A minus. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, the next two exams um, I've been preparing like a lot more for, um, and I think I can do it. Biochemistry is just pretty difficult for me. Um, so I just didn't know what you would recommend based off of like where I'm sitting right now for the following cycle. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here. Have you played with the GPA calculator at all to know what, okay. So what will B minuses do to your GPAs? So I want to say not, not looking at like the UF GPA for like the vet school here. I want to say it stays around like a three, six. Okay. So that's not bad. So my GPA is pretty solid. Like it's not going to move a ton if I do get B minuses, which is like, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. But, um, I want to say for UF, it stays like at a three, six, three. Okay. So those, that's not bad. I think taking med. have you played with the calculator to see what happens if you take medical terminology? I mean, isn't that a two credit class? I don't think it's going to move it that much. No. Yeah. So that's why 
I wanted to ask you about like the master's degree. If I were to take like six credits over the summer and start working on that, if you would recommend that, and if I could finish the degree, if I got in the following cycle, like in vet school. Right. Well, I mean, GPA wise, I don't think you need to go and get a master's to help your GPA. Your GPA is solid. You don't really need it. Historically, students who get the GP get the master's for the GPA have a much lower GPA. You okay. did say it's something you're interested in. So if you wanted to do it for your own knowledge, enjoyment, you know, moving up with just having degrees, I think that's fine. I do right. think the veterinary forensics degree is very specific. So if I'm on the admissions committee and I'm seeing that you're in this program, I'm going to wonder, oh, this is interesting. What do they want to do with this? Okay. So that's something to consider. I, I don't know that I would join a master's program just because it's a master's degree and it could help my GPA, which you don't really need help with. Okay. You know, you're spending time and money on it that I don't know that you need to. Okay. If you're sure that your GPA isn't going to move that much, then I don't, I don't really think it's super necessary. Remind me, I, I, if I recall correctly, the feedback from the admissions committee wasn't really, there wasn't that much to change. I think they were a little confused about extracurricular activities and, and all of that. So we'll just be even more clear in every area. I just think that was a fluke, honestly. I think that was a total fluke and it just wasn't your year. I really think that because I know you're competitive. Um, so, I mean, how much is this master's degree going to cost you? 15,000. Do you really do? You, I mean, are you that? <laughs> in it? No, I mean, I'm totally fine taking a gap year and just to work. Like I love my job, like where I'm at right now, I'm working over at a full-time technician oh, yeah. uh -huh. so it's been super rewarding and I've loved being there and like my clinic like family I really am enjoying it so um I got offered to go like as a lead technician for the next year you know when applying for vet school um and I have formed a pretty good relationship with the veterinarian there so I'll be utilizing her as my letter of recommendation You like your family where you're at, so you don't need to leave. Mm -mm. Let's. Why don't you just wait and see how this semester shakes out? Because you don't need to make big decisions about your summer yet. You could be making those decisions a little bit later. I don't know when your master's program wants you to start, but I don't know that you need to do that. Like if anything, so like you mentioned, you could take six credit hours of master's classes this summer, but you could also take six credit hours of other classes. It doesn't have to be in a master's. Yeah. So if the goal is just to boost the GPA a little bit more. I don't think you need to pursue that master's degree. Okay. Nobody on the admissions committee mentioned you looking for a master's. Okay. I don't think they did. No, I don't remember that. I, I, don't, I, I just remember that like, it was very like one person thought that my application was great and would offer me an interview if there was space. The other one said opposite stuff. And I just wanted to also ask you about that because because I know that one reviewer said that I consistently took like a hard course load while working either part-time or full-time and maintained A's and B's. Right. Um, the only C's that I've had are in order one and two, and they were C pluses. 
um, and they were during COVID. One was the semester when COVID started and one was over the summer um, online, which with Portmas, which was hard. <laughs> um, so um, I haven't gotten any other C's. I mean, my physics one grade was a B minus. So I'm really hoping I can do better this semester and like show some improvement with that. I think no matter who you get to review you, it's important to highlight like you did, but we'll just highlight it again. Okay. While working part-time or full-time this many hours per week, I was able to handle more than a full-time course load of such and such credits. On average, I took this many credits. I was involved in these extracurricular activities. I think it just wasn't, it wasn't the right year. I really do. For my personal statement, I know that BEMCAST kind of changed it this year. Um, what would you recommend me include like in that? I know that's a loaded question, but like how, like what, like in detail, should I include things that like I was involved with on campus to like, um, I guess, talk about leadership qualities, like along with why I want to be a vet, like things like that. Well, how many, so if you were only applying to Florida, I would tell you, make it personable make it specific, make sure, of course, that it's easy to read, you know, that it flows, but give, I would have like maybe a theme. I like themes. So if you're like, okay, my theme is involvement and you could say how you balance, or maybe your theme is balance, how you balance everything that was going on. And you could even include COVID in that if you wanted to. Now, if you're applying to other schools, you have to make sure you're thinking about what does every school want to see? Yeah. Which gets tricky. But I think all schools would agree that a firm understanding of the profession is something that they're looking for. So keeping away from things that you wouldn't even say, if I want to save all of the animals or I wanted to do this since I was two, you wouldn't even say yeah. this. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would get right to the meat and potatoes of it, of this is what I've done. So talking about maybe how you went from starting, you know, vet tech, vet assistant, and now involved in surgeries. Maybe, maybe it's three parts. Maybe it's veterinary experience, academic experience, because like that's important knowing what kind of student you are. And then maybe finally just chatting about who you are as a person. You okay. could do that. Okay. I'm sure some people are going to go into the personal statement with just one thing that they talk about that's specific to them. Maybe it's a one experience that they had and how it lends itself to vet school. Like there's a lot of ways you can approach it. What okay. are you, what kinds of things do you want to talk about? What are you thinking? So I know in a lot of like my essays, the things that I wanted to highlight the most that like give the best like details about me and my story are that I'm from the Keys, which has helped to shape like my love for the profession by having such a diverse like environment around me, but also being a first gen student and being given the opportunity to go to college when I didn't even think that was something I could do because of my finances, like financial background with being from a single parent household. Um, and then also highlighting the fact that I still continue to work through college to gain experience while taking hard courses, but um, finding, um, 
wanted to talk about how I really involved myself on campus because I wanted to find like-minded people and people that also shared the same passions. And I worked my way up through Alpha Zeta and I'm the president of um, our chapter. So that's something that's had like a huge impact on me. Okay, so my thoughts are, okay, let's think about it this way. Let's say you're gonna apply to four schools. Okay. And let's say that all four schools have supplemental essays. Okay. And so if you like had a nice spreadsheet and you could put, okay, these are the 10 things I want to make sure everybody knows about me. I would get a spreadsheet out, put the schools on there and be putting all the topics and see whatever isn't fitting into the supplemental stuff that has to go into the personal statement to make gotcha. sure everybody reads it. Okay. I would also like, let's say you're applying to four schools and the really, the really good stuff, you probably want to put all of that in the personal statement as well, just in case supplemental stuff gets fallen through the cracks, who knows? Okay. Then for you, like things like being, cause you're an MFOS scholar, right? Yes. Okay. So like other schools aren't going to know what that is. Yeah. So I think, and even like from UF, you know, let's say it's a, it's a veterinarian getting your packet who is from another state and doesn't know what that means, like being first gen and, um, you know, having like this support system through the match and opportunity scholarship, all this, you're gonna to wanna to explain those things if you're gonna write about them. So okay. remember that'll take up some of your characters too. Okay. Um, I think I think what all the things that you mentioned about being first gen, the keys part I think is interesting. I don't know how much I'd focus on that because okay. I like while that did shape you, I would focus a lot on recent stuff and like the professional things that you've done now, unless you've consistently gone back there and done research and all of that, then of course, keep talking about it. Something that I could mention, um, because I'm also heavily involved with like livestock research with um, one of my professors here on campus and how like- Didn't you just win an award for that? Yes. Didn't on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, so like, delving into different like sectors of veterinary medicine, like through like my college here, I definitely think it's helped to contribute like my desire to like, I guess, push more towards the One Health mission. Um, so okay. would that okay. something to chat about? Okay. I definitely think it's something to chat about 100%. I think this needs to just be like your greatest hits of all the cool things that you've done. Okay. I would say buzzwords are going to be critical. So research, first generation student, part-time slash full-time veterinary technician. Like you want to, them to be able to quickly scan and see all of those things. Would studying abroad be something to mention? Cause I've done it twice. Ooh. I mean, we talk, the admissions committee, I had some of them on the podcast and they talk about, they, that does not impress them, folks who study abroad, because again, this is the scenario that you were in more or less. They think it means that the student has a lot of money to burn, okay. which is not the case. Like you probably got a scholarship to do this. Mm -hmm. How long did you go? So I went in high school for uh, about five weeks and I had like a homestay family and then did some other things like service related. But then I went again in my, like during my sophomore year for um, a veterinary medicine trip um, working with wildlife. Um, but I guess something else to talk about is I started a huge like international project through 
like Alpha Zeta called Books to Bots, where we ship um, educational science books like collected from here in Gainesville over to my homestay family in Botswana and they disperse oh, cool. to the primary school and their local library. So it, would that be something to highlight as like starting that or? Yeah, Anna, all of this is good stuff to highlight. So <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna highlight it all. Okay. Here's what I would say. I think let's just talk strategy. I think all the things that you're mentioning would be wonderful to highlight in your personal statement. And then you can elaborate on them in supplemental essays, if that's what it comes down to. I do think, because I think you have a lot of things going on, I do think you should have a theme. Okay. And I think the theme should start off strong. So then the person can follow the theme. I would tie everything back to that. I think that's what I might do if I were you, because you have so much happening. Or maybe your theme, because you're a first-generation student, is like opportunities, and you have the opportunity scholarship. And then maybe you talk about all of the opportunities that you've not just taken advantage of, but have sought out because not everybody got all of these things that you've done. Right. Right. And then you can talk about, I kind of like this idea of like starting off, like you said, you didn't even know if you were going to go to school, you still worked, you, you see everything as an opportunity. Maybe that kind of gets um, to talk a little bit about who you are as a person, like give them some qualities, like intrinsic qualities you can chat right. about. And it can be a whole theme where you talk about all of these goodies. Because not okay. everybody would be able to write this essay because you have a lot of opportunities you've taken advantage of. And I'm loving this idea that it's also the O in MFOS. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> no, I like that too. I, I really helped. <laughs> I would try that. If I were to be offered an interview this upcoming cycle, would, um, I mean, are you guys basing each, are you guys leaning more like away from the holistic approach from now on or? Um, Tell me more about what, what you're asking. Sorry, um, I, cause I know like previously that y'all have been, you know, pretty holistic with like reviewing applications and GPA really hasn't, you know, yes, it's important, but it's not like the only thing like a lot of schools do consider. Um, so I didn't know if you guys are still continuing like to look at applications that way. Yeah. So the thing that changed this year is because we've had so many applicants, we had to use that stronger GPA cutoff. Whereas the year before this was, which was the only time we ever did this. And we reviewed like 90% of the applications, which was really more of a holistic experience. Once the student gets through the GPA cutoff, then it becomes holistic. Okay. We're looking at everything. So yes. Yeah, so the interview should stay the same. The application review should stay the same where they're reading everything reviewing everything, not one section has more weight than another. So okay. the essays are gonna get weighed the same as your letters of rec. Now this could change, of course, at any time as we continue to evolve, but right now, once you make it into the packet review, you're gonna be weighed in that way. However, this did change from last year, the GPA still became part of your review. So last year, once you were in that top 90% to get reviewed, the GPA went away your packet was based just by itself. Okay. Then if that was strong enough to get the interview, that went away. And then you were based just on the interview. Gotcha. This year was the combination, GPA, okay. packet, and the interview. Gotcha, okay. Um, okay. 
I'm trying to think, I had another question for you, but I know we're like running out of time. Um, oh, um, if we were to do interviews, would they be in person this year? We're not sure. We're going to see. So I think no matter, so we've always had the option of doing virtual. We've always been like, you can do a Skype interview, which is now Zoom. Um, well, it worked out really well to do Zoom interviews. Yeah. I think it's, I don't, it's up in the air. Okay. Might be an option, but then okay. again, I don't know how holistic that is because that could put some folks at an unfair advantage if they came in. So I would wonder if maybe the admissions committee members would only see in-person folks, whereas other admissions committee members would only see Zoom folks. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just trying to plan because how much money I'd have to save up if I was say like offered like an out-of-state interview or like, I know with UF, like that doesn't matter because I'm here, but um, like flying out, stuff like that, if things are changing. If they're anything like UF, they would always have offered. So I know a student who's about to graduate from Pennsylvania, he Skyped in and got into vet school and, and that was totally fine. So I would hope other schools are doing that, but I don't know. Okay. And as we know with COVID, I'm calling it, I'm starting to say things are COVID definitive. Like, oh yeah, definitively we're doing this, but COVID could change it. So people might say, yes, they're doing in person or no, and then they can change. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I think that that's it. You really helped me with a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. Good to see you. Good luck. Talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye.